Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. It's that time of year where excited fans settle down and see glimpses of things to come for the coming year. New faces, returning heroes, fresh visuals to whet the appetite. I am of course referring to San Diego's Comic Con, where consumers of all media get excited over who will be in the next Marvel adventure, or, if you're me, seeing an aged cast of Star Trek The Next Generation bring nostalgia hurtling back uh, towards you. And yes, I did get goosebumps when I heard Jean-Luc Picard say, Engage. Uh, Comic-Con, however, is not so dissimilar to pre-season. Every pre-season match is kind of like an extended trailer, poured over and dissected by some nerds who think they can learn anything from 90 minutes and penalties against the German second division side, spouting their opinions and their predictions on the season to come. Who would be so daft as to think pre-season means anything? Joining me to do just that is my commander, William Riker, to my Picard. It's only bloody Tom Thrower back on the pod again. Tom, how are you? I'm good, although I'm now really annoyed that I haven't been able to do a Stoke pre-season and Marvel Phase 4 pun. <laughs> so, sorry for uh, letting everyone down there. We, we've got like three, four years of their films coming out. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be able to get loads of stuff, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Uh, it's, it's it's been it's been a few weeks since we we last had a chat. I know that Dave and Tony have the potted histories coming out, which is which is really good fun and takes me all the way back to the eighteen nineties. Um, well, you know when football was proper, when it was real men, real men, all twenty six of them per side <laughs> with no. <laughs> with no nets and no halfway line. And and, and and oh no, it was professional. I can't say no wages. So No. Yeah. Just in, incidentally, the I, I I assume you've been listening to them, but the fact that Sunderland play in red and white because we were demoted and they got to take our kit is something that really irks me. And I think that why is that not a bigger deal? Why are we not a bigger rival of, of Sunderland? I I think that would be like an amazing thing to happen now because everything <laughs> seems so weightless about relegation. You know, the big teams go down and they just spend a load of money and go back up. So, like, in- instead you get relegated and suddenly, I don't know, one week Brighton rock up in black and white stripes because Newcastle have got relegated and everyone's <laughs> like, oh. yeah, it, it would be good fun. It'd be something... Uh, you. you I don't know, it, it kind of brings back, like, old war mentalities of, like trophy hunting we hang their kits on the gates to the city that type of thing we could yeah. i think we could yeah we could do more more stuff like that oh <laughs> D- derby you're not allowed to wear white anymore because you went down and got relegated now you must play in maroon it would be great <laughs> and we and then we hang the kits up in the away end so when they come the next game uh, next sit time we play each other it's like ah we still we still got your, your kits defeat. but you can't wear them <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. I should mention that if all has gone well with my editing, we should actually have a new theme to this podcast, uh, which is by a uh, listener of the pod. And I hope I say this right. Merry because there's an apostrophe and an N. Uh, and it's called It's Naya Do Well. And it's on Spotify. And do you know what? I think I might link it in the show, in the in the notes down below. Down there. Down below, there. below where you're listening to. It's, it's really, 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 really kind of him to let us... Let us that use is cool. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. We. I mean, it's mad that we have people who listen. One, it's mad that people listen. Two, it's mad that there's people with like 
real talent. Like, I, hopefully people all heard after the last episode when uh, <laughs> we referred to Lee Gregory as Greggy. Uh, <laughs> someone made a lovely mashup of Randy Newman's You've Got a Friend in Me from Toy Story, but just replaced me with you saying Greggy over and over again. That was definitely the most surreal Stoke City thing I've ever had happen to me. And I kicked a ball over a building on Soccer AM. So, (laughs) up, 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 people. (laughs) I just really want to... I just really want to see what the whole Greggy becomes over the season because it's already <laughs> it's already been uh, for any um, flight of the, no not flight of the Concord. God, I'm mixing up my uh, back in the day BBC mm. Three shows. Um, crap! What was the name Might, of it? Mighty we, Boosh, Mighty Boosh. Yeah, Mighty Boosh. That's it. Yeah, we've all, it's Greg. already it's already a staple of the um, group chat. It's old <laughs> old Greg has turned to old Greggy. Oh, old Greggy. <laughs> <laughs> He's drinking Bailey's. From a shoe. <laughs> My goodness me. Well, yeah, since we last spoke, um, pre-season prop has started, hasn't it? We've had a few games. Uh, we've signed one more player. That makes it seven. I think it's really weird that we've signed seven players, and yet I also feel like oh, we, 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 we're not anywhere near ready yet. We need we need some more signings. It's I don't feel like there's been anything really exciting. Maybe, maybe it's how we've announced them. There's been no, like... Uh, <gasps> Star, shots at the media team again. Yes. Oh God. Sorry. <laughs> they don't. They don't listen to this. They don't listen. Um. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with fixtures, or do you want to start chatting about Tommy Smith? Um. You know, when when we've won a game six nil, I think. Yes. Uh, I mean, scored three goals in another game, which I when it happened during that Wrexham game, I did have to get someone to check for me the last time we actually scored three in a competitive match, which was. December 2017. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's oh depressing. Well, so pre-season results so far have been, I'd say, cautiously positive. 6-0 against Leak Town behind closed doors, although you can see the highlights on the YouTubes. Uh, we've beat Wrexham 3-1. We beat Tranmere 2-0 yesterday. We drew 1-1 with Duisburg of the Zweiter Bundesliga. Uh the other weekend and then drew 3-3 on penalties and therefore lost the penalty shootout um, because ah, pre-season isn't it it's <laughs> who, who, even, who even knows but um, interest, interesting do you know what I, I want to get really positive about these results but part of me is kind of like yeah but they're not teams who are on our on our level are, are these are these results can we take anything away from them Tom what does it what does it mean <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, we, it's actually like relative to all our old pre-seasons because I'm just going off the uh, general idea that pre-season you just end up playing a load of teams varied in quality. So, um, I mean, we haven't lost yet, which as, <laughs> as far back as Wikipedia's entries on Stoke's pre-seasons go, we've, we've never not done. We've always <laughs> lost. So look forward to Leicester at next weekend to ruin oh, that great. one for us. But yeah, 12 goals. Two clean sheets, two goals conceded, um, and from like what we've been watching, I think it, it it's good. I mean, I was going through it, and our preseason results under Hughes were pretty abysmal. We'd normally lose quite a lot, win a few against terrible teams, and just a lot of goals conceded at certain times. And Pulis, it was it was just a mixed bag of results because Pulis didn't give a crap about <laughs> the matches. He just wanted everyone to run up and down hills, carrying like each other. Um, so I don't know. I feel like 
I, I just love Nathan Jones and every time he talks <laughs> about something it seems to be the right thing so we we did Tranmere three no not Tranmere Tranmere Re- Wrexham 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 3-1 um, and he came out and he was like yeah I suppose it was okay but I gave people 60 minutes and they didn't impress me and I was like Oh, yeah. oh, oh, Jones isn't happy, he's angry. And then he seems to be much happier with the performance against Tranmere. So, I don't know, it just feels like we're building towards something. It doesn't just feel like last season where it was like, oh, we've we've, we've drawn again. Um, oh, we've lost again. Oh, but it was only 1-0 and it was against the team whose season starts tomorrow. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to read too much into pre-season, but I feel... Rower and Hughes have certainly provided examples that pre-season is important and whether you want results or you just want the team to be playing a cohesive manner or you just want people to be the fittest athletes they can be come that first game of the season um, I feel it's important and I feel like Jones is getting us somewhere with it Yeah definitely I, I'm his, his post-match um, comments have been really really key for me at least I think because he he's coming across as that we are growing into his ideas he's as you say he he's not just saying oh yeah it's just a chance to get um, minutes in the legs of players he's they're clearly working on stuff and I do think that you can see a a visual improvement one thing I think that is um, is certain is that we we are going with this diamond next season that's we we've played that this (laughs) this <laughs> like any any doubt that we were gonna play somewhere else i think is gone out the window we may switch to a three at the back at some point you never know but I, that that seems to be what we're what we're working with um and yeah there's been some some interesting interesting stuff uh i think what was i gonna say <laughs> i i think that it's it's very interesting that he's he's developed a prefer a preferred 11 already like he's made comments of we'll give the preferred 11 uh 30 minutes in this game then the next game they're going to get an hour um etc etc which makes me think that um we've got this preferred 11 what do we what do we make of it do you think that that is the preferred 11 going into the first game against qpr do you think when our afcom guys get back they get in the team how is how's our squad shaping up ahead of the the season? I'm I'm liking this. The 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 actual eleven itself, I don't think I really have any problems with. But I like the idea that yeah, okay, these are the players that Jones is saying. Look, I think you're altogether our best eleven. But I also feel it's a bit of a gauntlet being thrown down because there's certain players like specifically Ward and um, Gregory who've not really been involved in that 11 and I don't know whether he's just sort of saying to them look you're you're new here I know you're only picking up the system now but you're not quite there yet but I also feel he's not saying that right come the 3rd of August this is who will start against QPR there's definitely that opportunity for if you can impress him on the pitch and contribute well on the training ground then you, you, there's, there's, there's no one has a guaranteed space, and, and I've even found that with um, Shawcross. Shawcross seems to be in that with Lindsay. So you've got Danny Bart and Bruno Martins Indy um, as sort of the two backup centre halves at the minute, and that is 
almost a complete U-turn from what it was at the end of last season. I think most people would have had Bath and uh, Bruno down as their two starting centre-halves come when, when we finish the end of the season. So, yeah, it's fun. There's new things. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly interesting. I'm I'm interested. And as I say, I do have a slight reservation in that we, we're still a work in progress and I don't want people... and. I'm going to say I don't want people to get their hopes too too high, but I don't think people are. I think people are being quite realistic. And, I mean, some people have been just downright dour and miserable. Um, there is still a lot of call on the social medias for a a pacey striker and a left-back. That seems to be the, the big, big thing. Um, Jones suggests that now we've got Ward and McLean. These are the two players for that position. Um McLean had a bit of a Twitter fun time today when he t- some fans were talking about it and he told him that I don't really care if you support me or not I'll just work my hardest um, he seems to be our left back is that okay? I mean I think I've said as much on Twitter uh, would not have been my go-to at the start of the season but if if Nathan Jones the King of the attacking fullback in League One. Um, well, he, I, I, he said it himself. Both of his attacking first choice attacking fullbacks are now Premier League players. Um, yeah. Have just just skipped the Championship. So, whilst I can totally understand the trepidation with McLean being what appears to be our first choice left back, if it's fine for Nathan Jones, I'm I'm gonna defer to his opinion and say it's fine for me. And the stats suggest that McLean. I mean, I, not even the stats. I mean, we've all seen him play football. He's definitely at his most comfortable when he's got a bit of space to run into. He's got a yeah. bit of room. And I think a lot of our problems came with Rowett against deep-sitting teams where McLean would pick the ball up and suddenly two men would be on him. And that doesn't seem to be his game. And he's got the work rate. Um, and I was certainly really impressed with him at the end of last season. I, I think he sort of flew under the radar a little bit because there was... Uh, time for Verlinden on the pitch. Edwards played really well. Shawcross and Bart sort of seemed to have a, a partnership coming together. So McLean's performances went under the radar, but um, I think he made and and team of the team of the months are never the most accurate things in the world. But I think he made yeah. info goal the XG People's um, Championship team of the month for the for the month of May. So or or, or April or April and May because we only played like one game in May or something. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I just, just, uh, yeah, I'd love McLean. He's fucking brilliant. Imagine having a, a really, imagine he's, he gets much better at football than he was last season. And you have someone <laughs> who can rile people up that much and bonus be good at football. Brilliant. I think my only, well, I say my only issue with James McLean is that for that for that fullback role, and I, 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 I agree with you, I think he has the work great. I think that, um, defensively he probably will be fine in getting back in positions and going up and down the pitch my issue is um and the same as when he played as a winger was going past a player didn't seem to be his his forte now i know that um full attacking fullback you're less likely to have to do a trick to get back past people but one of the key things from the videos that we've seen of how nathan jones's teams play is that those fullbacks get to the byline they cross short back they pull back into the box and that's how a lot of nice nice goals are scored do you think 
do you think McLean has that in him? Um, I, well, I was just looking, and again at the end of last season, he put in the most crosses of anyone in the last two game weeks. Um, so, um, and and it's certain. I don't know if you've if we've watched the training videos or anything, but that's those what has commonly been referred to in the the football media as the old Man City goal, the Raheem Sterling, <laughs> Leroy Sane tapping kind of scenario. Um, it certainly seemed like that was something they were working on while they were in Holland and they're trying to work on the patterns and of play for that. So, yeah, I don't, prob- I don't know. It's one of those things where if we were in a situation where we were going into January, I don't know. I, I just feel like, and I don't want to be demeaning to the championship because we've already seen how tough a division it can be. Yeah, but- what? <laughs> watch what you say next I, no, I know, I know, say. I know, I know I feel I feel as long as you've got a player with the work rate and is willing to work hard on the training ground they can pick up the skills to a sufficient level whereas they're not quite at that elite, elite level where they just need to be amazing constantly all the time and we've got Ward as well who, who uh, from what I've seen as people say at Tramir was very impressive um, and probably impressed more than McLean so yeah, I, I'm yeah. content with those two as our fullbacks for now because we've always got time in January to smash the panic button and try and fix that if it if it hasn't worked in the first few months of the season. <laughs> what about then the shout for for pace, 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 pacey striker? Dwight Gale is he's he's always linked isn't he whenever he's like available everyone's saying oh we should be getting him we get him he we win the league which is i'm pretty sure people said the same when west brom got him um i'm i I don't know if it's just me being uh resentful of public opinion and like oh people have got a public (laughs) opinion so i'm going to disagree with it but i don't know i don't know how i feel about a, a dwight gale especially on a on a permanent deal for the money that's been banded around on social media, like he's he's what is he is thirty now, um, and there's there's no doubt in he he's he's all right, isn't he? But I don't know, like this whole thing that we need we need pace in our attacking players. It it just seems a bit too much of an easy option. I know we spoke not an easy option, but an easy like too easy a solution that it, that isn't actually the fundamental issue. I know we spoke about. Um, pace in the last episode, and we blamed it all on FIFA. Uh, <laughs> but is Dwight is essentially Tom? You're the stats man. If Dwight Gale's available, do we? Do you think we should be getting him? Convince me if that is the case. Um, you've you've come to the wrong person. I think if you want convincing, um, I agree with you on the whole. West Brom had him and Rodriguez, two of the most. Well, yeah, you'd probably put both of them in the top two. They both be in the top five um, strikers in the championship last season, and, and they had both of them, and they were a long way off uh, the top two places in not the most amazing championship. There was no, there was no Wolves. There was no team who ran away with it, and West Brom had those two strikers and stumbled all the way through as soon as their creative um, output got taken away. I think the thing with Gale is. For the fees that's been banged about between like fifteen to twenty to twenty five million, 
Oh, it's a lot, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and it's in, in getting us promoted with that kind of figure at the age that he is, is only half the job then, if that makes sense. So if he got us up and we've spent 20 million on him and that goes up a bit more because of sign-on fees or and for promotion clauses, bonuses, whatever, he's just shown time and time again that he can't hack it in the Premier League. Uh, and that's no offence to him because clearly it's not a very easy thing to do. Um, and he's he's a fantastic striker in the championship. But I just think if I was Lee Gregory or I was Tyrese Campbell, who've both come to the club recently, both very much only got into Stoke senior team recently, I'd be sort of thinking, right, so what's, what's my role in all of this? Why has this bloke turned up? Even if they're accepting of the fact that Vokes and Afobi um, are going to be our starting two, why has this guy who's 30 turned up, who's, who's been paid lots yeah. more money than me, who the club has spent a lot more, so he has to play? I'd just be worried about the effect that has on the team. And yeah, people have talked about Afobi leaving, but I'd find that really strange with all of the the chat that's come from him specifically this season mm. about how he feels he wants to repay everyone and that yeah. he knows he's not been good enough and he feels better than he ever does ever has done before so yeah and that's not to even mention the fact that Juf and Berahino are still on the books uh, I know Berahino's somewhere on a gap year or something in Europe doing interrail or whatever it is but um and and Juf he and, and do you know what I've not seen anything of him like, yeah. is he is he at is he at AFCOM or? No, he wasn't no. with Senegal. I, I think he's part of this fabled bomb squad who I don't oh, think wow. he can even call a bomb squad. It's more just training in whatever country they'd like to squad because I don't know how many yeah. of them are actually at the club. But, but presumably, if no one has come in for him by the, by the end of the window, they're going to have to be like around the club. The club can't just. Surely the club can't just pay them to be. I don't know because I mean Nathan Jones just... is so Nathan Jones is so like uh, key on this idea that he has his his core of players who and 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 we don't want an attitudes any attitudes to disrupt the system. Can you foresee a situation? Can kind of foresee a situation where we're just paying players to just train at home, which no, is see when you said in and around the club for some reason I just imagined Mamjouf in. With a little hairnet on in the canteen, serving serving <laughs> stuff to them. Just, I don't know why. It's just <laughs> some sort of like mockumentary of Stoke players who they couldn't sell. So actually, yeah. here you go, Netflix. If you want to make a documentary about Stoke, a mockumentary of the Stoke players who they couldn't sell doing other jobs in and around the club. Yeah. So like, one day we'll have Mamjouf working in the canteen. Next thing we'll have Bojan just just mowing the lawns or something. He he would make a fine gardener. I he would to say. I'd, yeah, I imagine him on a hot day with his I, top <laughs> off. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you you're imagining him in the. Is it the what was it? Is it Diet Coke? After <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, after, yeah, I know so. what you're on about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Fifty percent of my you, thoughts there, really, Bojan. <laughs> You've got the you've got the title there as well with Bomb Squad. Like it's already already there. It's already marketable. Put that on your poster and <laughs> and get that out there. Um, <laughs> it's interesting though. Certainly, certainly, I don't know strikers. It's a a, a a weird one. There's also a shout and um, I've seen this today. People wanting a, a defensive midfielder still. 
Um, again, I know we spoke about this before, but we have a lot of midfielders, don't we? Like, do we, uh, people just people are getting very, very greedy. Um, but this is the thing. Nathan Jones has not said that we are done. He has said that yeah, we still have a few key areas we want to address. Which people, are, it's mad. We're going to get a whole new eleven at this rate. It's going to be fantastic. It's fun, isn't it? it like is. not just having transfer rooms where you get linked with some player and you like watch him on YouTube and oh my god, he's really good, and then he signs for like Southampton or something because. Yeah. That's how it sort of fizzled out in the Premier League. Lamina, that was that was the one, wasn't it? Linked yeah. us for ages and turned up at Southampton. Yeah, he was gonna he was gonna change the world with Imbula in the midfield. And that's another thing, just to go back to pre seasons. I'm really impressed with how little Jones has sort of turned to these players who he doesn't care about. I mean it's obviously not the nicest thing for them, but I feel a lot of pre season time formally has been wasted with players like Imbulo, who are never going to play a role, getting sort of 390 minutes in pre-season. And that's mm-hmm. a spot that either a young player should take, like James has done, or, or just you get someone in and fix it. So, yeah, just what well, that this was is, in this is This is just it. It seems there is a place for our, for our young players. I know um, we're going to talk about Tommy Smith in a minute, who arguably may have took Edward's place. But we Valinden... Uh, Campbell, they seem to be in and around the squad. I, ex- I I say this, I expect them to have a role. They'll go out on loan in a few days. Um, <laughs> but Nathan Jones seems to like them, at least. That's positive, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think, especially with people like Verlinden, he seems to be grabbing this pre-season opportunity to play with the first team with both of his hands. Um, I don't think... We've had a game yet where he's played and people haven't been like, yeah, Verlinden was really, really good. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Campbell with all them weird comments Jones made about him needing to like toughen up or something. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a football manager. I don't know how you motivate a young player to make sure that they do it. But uh, yeah, it's good. It's it's healthy for the club really. At the end of the day, whether or not they get in this season or it's just laying some foundation for them to come in at the end of the season when legs are getting tired and stuff it's just it's nice to see that we don't have a bunch of 35 year olds on massive contracts running around (laughs) doing crap (laughs) say what you really think tom say what you really think um should we chat about our new boy then mr uh tommy smith let me find I guess I can't even remember how much he uh, came for, which is four, nice. Four, four million, mil? I think. Like that. that sounds sounds right. Oh. It seemed a good deal. It seemed sensible. Um, just uh, of a, he's a almost. Remember when uh, Wolves went up, and then well, I say remember like it wasn't twelve months ago. Yeah. Wolves went up, and they went up with. Um, I just had it again. Uh, Douglas, Barry Douglas, and then they were like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Barry, Barry Douglas is for sale," and everyone was like, "All the championship was like, oh, Barry Douglas, Barry Douglas, oh, he's got a lot of assists and he's a good fullback." I feel exactly the same things happened with Tommy Smith. He's a player who hasn't shone at the Premier League level, but at the Championship has shown himself to be one of the most sort of adept right backs to, to have played in it recently, and yeah. 
it's an interesting dynamic with Edwards being there, who looked to have nailed his own place down. But with the age gaps between the two, seven years, Smith being 27, probably only going to be in his prime for another few years. If we can make sure that the, the, the there is game time for both of them, and that Edwards gets Edwards doesn't get sort of pushed to the side and yeah. left out for too long, it definitely seems like the kind of move where we can get Smith in, and then he, as an experienced pro, will help build Edwards up. Yeah, into this amazing Ryback. Yeah, that's what you that's what you'd hope. Um, Watch, they'll sell Tom Edwards, and this will be so tragic. But in a, in an in an ideal world, I don't think anyone really wanted Tom Edwards to go into the next season and have to play every single game because Tom Edwards is still a young player. And I mean, Mark Hughes threw him in, maybe <laughs> what against debut against Man City or whatever. Like you want. You want to, at such a young age, be able to take them out of the firing line a little bit. Like, by, I'm not, I'm not saying we need to wrap them in cotton wool or anything. Don't, don't worry. Uh, bloody millennials these days can't even ta- can't even have any abuse held at them, can they? But um, I, it'll, it's nice that Tom Edwards, should he need to not feature, um, we have a player who isn't Moritz Bauer because apparently Moritz Bauer is toxic. Um, <laughs> And and Tommy Smith's goal yesterday against Tranmere, pretty pretty nice, weren't it? Yeah, it was a nice 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 thwack. That's what I might call it as a finish thwack. to use a yeah yeah to use an onomatopoeia. A, th- a thwack. <laughs> a thwack. A okay. right-footed well, thwack. A right-footed, footed thwack. That's the title right there for the yes. episode, isn't it, I guess? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, two games left, Lincoln and Leicester, before we start the season. What would you want to see from the two remaining friendlies that we've got? My guess would be it'll be a 90 minutes for the for the two 11s. Is, so, you'll have the not first choice 11 on Wednesday against Lincoln um, and then the full, full whack against... Uh, whack. Not not the full thwack. Well, although that's not saying don't use your right-footed thwack again, Mister Smith. Um, against Leicester, I, I don't know. I'm uh, the, the Lincoln game will be the Lincoln game. Um, the Leicester game will be really interesting to see us tested against uh, a, a really good team. Brendan Rodgers, yeah. Leicester last season were immense um, when he got them together. But it'd be interesting to see how they're shaping up because obviously we're we'll be like a week ahead of them. Um, and they'll probably be a bit more rotationally, make a lot of changes throughout the game. Um, so I just hope we can give them a horrible game and almost mm. do what Leeds did to us in that first game of the season, just really like turn up and kick mud in their face and then yeah. walk away giggling to ourselves. <laughs> that would be nice. That well, would be... Oh, It would just be nice to start the season with a bit of positivity, wouldn't it, really? Feel yeah, like we, the, like, <laughs> I don't know. Even when Mark in Mark Hughes's heyday, we just started off, and it was a very, oh god, nothing. I just want to start a season and feel, oh yeah, I'm enjoying football. Not oh the slow grind is back, people. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> um, wow, there we go. Two season, uh, two seasons, two friendlies to go. We're nearly there. Um, questions then from our Twitterati. M Forbes thirty seven says, 
what would a successful 2019-20 season look like? Is that in the shape of a decent cup run, top six finish, influx of youth players, etc.? Um, I don't want to say expect that we, we should be... Well, we should be going for promotion. That is always our aim. But uh, I don't want to say that, yep, yeah, we're going to be fighting for that title because you just, you just don't know how it's going to translate. What's, what's a good season for us, Tom? It going up. I, I, I like obviously there are other caveats to that where you could see like it, I'd call, still call it a good season if we didn't go up and you could see Jones was getting it and just unforeseen circumstances kicked us in the face you know, and we managed to get youth players involved etc but it, not that it won't be the only acceptable thing but if we've got any other goals other than getting promoted I don't know what everyone's doing if that makes sense mm-hmm. so, yeah Promotion. Promotion's got to be the aim. Like, realistically, whilst a cup run is always always a nice distraction, it's not... It isn't what we should be aiming for. Like, yeah. your, your number one priority is promotion. I don't know where... Maybe before the season starts, we could do a prediction of... We could do, like, a league prediction. Oh, God, ro- again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, two more questions for you. Um, Colonel Pedantic says, and I don't know why, just says, Glenn Whelan, play a coach. And I know what your feeling's going to be on this one, Tom. No, don't no. do that. <laughs> no. Um, no, but I do have an actual, like, real answer for this that's less than me just sort of spouting my anti-Glenn Whelan agenda. Um, I was listening to today the Totally Football podcast from Thursday. And it came up in conversation about how sort of there's been a shift, like old managers aren't the thing anymore, but you've seen Germany and England go two different ways. Mm. So they've looked at how they were talking about how in Germany it seems to be like you've now got a new wave of like professional coaches, as in they never really amounted their careers to much playing wise, but they've got all of their badges, have had all of their badges done since a very young age have been working with youth teams and reserve teams and then being given their chance um, at the top. Whereas in England, it seems to more be like, yeah, okay, the, the, it, 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 manager jobs have gone to ex-players of clubs who they sort of still have a connection with. Um, and I'm not saying these, these are any less qualified than the German coaches. Most of them all have their badges as well, but they seem to have a lot less groundwork experience and I feel like when I was listening to that I was going oh right yeah yeah it's interesting interesting oh Stoke are kind of the uh, uh, the the anomaly to that rule because in Nathan Jones we've got someone whose career playing wise he totally admits was not very good um, but he dedicated his career to making himself a much better manager and he's worked himself up through Brighton and Charlton and then Luton finally getting a chance and now has a chance at a, a much bigger club um, so I like that idea rather than just giving Glenn Whelan a job because he's Glenn <laughs> Whelan even, even with Delap, Delap went to Derby has worked really hard with Derby and worked so well at Derby that Rowett brought him over with him because Delap wasn't in Rowett's clique of managers Rowett's inner circle but he brought him with him because of how much he'd impressed at the other um, elements of Derby as a football club so I'd keep with that idea, and I, I don't want to be mean, but Glenn Whelan just isn't 
isn't at the right playing level for us anymore. Um, yeah, he, he was once, now he isn't, and I don't think we need to be going back there. No, as much as in the intro I said that I'm a big fan of nostalgia, uh, specifically um, Star Trek related, uh, nostalgia for 2008 um, is great, but not when you just put them back in in the team. So it's a no for me for for Glenn Whelan. Bless him. But, oh, poor Glenn. I hope he finds a club. And Charles as well, Charlie. Uh, he apparently he's turned up at Blackpool, hasn't he? He's off to Blackpool. Um, and and my favourite one that I saw someone reply to the not the top twenty lads uh, was he. Uh, it is a bit of a risk. He'll be on bigger wages than most of the squad, etc., etc. Yeah, okay, we've got centre midfielders, but he'll bring at least at least an extra thousand fans in because the people of Blackpool worship shooting from the halfway line. So much, or maybe the people of Blackpool are just interested in an opportunity to win a free football league football. Because if you sat <laughs> behind the goal that Charlie Adams attacking, you've got like a like one in a hundred chance that it'll hit you. Listen, you you mock, but I think that it's very telling that players pe- have paid tribute to him. Harry Kane today with his goal <laughs> in the friendly against Juventus, a clear tribute to Charlie Adams. Definitely. Is it, is it is it bad that I haven't even watched that goal yet because of my aversion to shooting from the halfway was, line and I don't was, need to see it. I know what they look like because they all look exactly the same. It will, and and it having seen a hundred go wrong, I don't need to see one go right. It will make you angry. And even say, guess, guess, he probably heard it, but guess what Harry Kane's comments were when they asked him, what, what, what were you thinking when you went for the ball? <laughs> Shoot! Yeah, <laughs> that was it. He's like, oh, I just thought I'd hit it and see what would happen. Yeah, of course you did, Harry, because that's all. No one's thinking. Yeah, well, I, I could see the keeper was the... x many meters off his line, and if I hit it with a fifteen degree trajectory, it'd go in such a flight path that it. Exactly. No, they just go. Oh, look, football. Yeah, <laughs> Zlatan would say that though. I think he would, although he would probably maybe be more poetic in his. Like you know, the ball curved through my own velo- my own ferocity and velocity, and, and <laughs> with this, it yeah. nestled in the bosom of the the net. <laughs> we have we have one more question, um, and it's from Rob Van Auken. I want to say if that's wrong, Rob, I'm so sorry. He wants us after saying how handsome. Greggy was last week. Last time we were here, he wants us to rank the entire team, including coaching staff, from one to ten on your personal scale of hotness. Now, I know what people might be thinking. Oh, I'm not tuning in for for gossip and this type of stuff. But all I'm going to say is, just be comfortable in your sexuality, okay? It's fine. We can do this, and it's all good. Rather than go through the entire team, Tom, because. Uh, it's, we've got 15 minutes till Love Island, and I know we need to get off and, and watch that. Um, what I thought we'd do is just go through a select handful of players who are now in our team, if it would load back up, but it's not. Um, and, and I will, I will ask you them, and I want we'll we'll both say what we think. I think 10 is obviously like super super yeah. hot, yeah, and one is like a troll. Or something. And also, like another disclaimer, 
just because we're rating them at their, on their attractiveness does not mean that like the ones who were rated at the higher end have more value than the ones at the lower end. They are all yeah. human beings who should be treasured slash abused equally. <laughs> however, however, if um, we happen to rate Joe Allen like <laughs> a really high number and that adds on 10 million to his inevitable transfer to West Ham or Newcastle, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's start with uh, 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 where shall we go? Who do you, uh, do you want? A goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, a striker. Start with start with a goalkeeper. Okay, goalkeeper, a uh, new boy, Adam Davies. What do we think? I think I think he's a, a five out of ten. But I also feel oh. like he'd make he'd make a fantastic partner. Like he'd be a really good bring home to the parents. Nice kid. Oh no, he wouldn't actually because he's a DJ. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, I've got what? him totally wrong, haven't I? Have you not so seen he's this? A what? Yeah, he does it. There was something. I, I'm not. I don't know exactly enough, but there was something about him doing a bit of DJing for oh, Barnsley at a promotion party. Which amazing! It's a hard pass for me on that front. So he's he's a he's a four <laughs> now. Four out of ten. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Because De- all DJs are horrible people. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what about new boy uh, Tommy Smith, aka Elliot Hackney? Hackney yeah, uh, I don't know. Six out of ten. He just looks a bit. He's a bit Stanis Baratheon in how stern he looks. <laughs> just smile. Hopefully, he will not burn any children. <laughs> and that goes the same for you, Elliot. Um, uh, what about? Uh, I'm only going to give you some quick ones. Uh, what about? Uh, 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 oh, I can't go. I'm gonna go midfield. I'm gonna say Peter Atabo. Um, eight out of ten. Just king. Just great. Yeah. Just wonderful, wonderful looking dude. Excellent. What about um Lee Greggy himself? Greggy's a nine because I can think of nine. one member of the coaching staff who I'd rate as a 10 and Greggy's not quite there. Oh, interesting. Because my final player was going to be uh, Mr. Bojan himself. Oh, well, no, yeah. He's a 10, obviously. But he's like... He's a perfect he's a 10. 10. Looks, 10 personality. He's... Oh. I'd couple up with him right now. You'd couple up with him. He's a perfect 10, <laughs> but he wears a 27. <laughs> for not for much Maybe longer. Maybe keep a 17 for me. Oh, bless him. Oh. I know. He and might be going making... to Girona, though. That's a thing. That's... That was a rumour. Mooney Listen, and Bojan that... back together, red and white stripes, in Catalonia post-independence. That's just... <sighs> yeah. That would be... And that would be the... That would be a nice ending, I think. That would be the Toy Story 4 <laughs> ending we all wish for. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What about Nathan Jones as a final one, then? Um, now, I want you to do it two ways. Nathan Jones when he's wearing just his, his full training kit and then Nathan Jones when he's got his really, I don't know if they're just bad tattoos. <laughs> um, I, In his training kit, he's like a six out of 10 because he does sort of have that PE teacher who's also a geography teacher because he needs to do <laughs> something more than just PE or sports coach kind of vibe to him. Um, but I'm thinking of the Nathan Jones who loves Brighton and is just an all-round top bloke. So that pushes him up to a seven. 
Oh, and he is a top bloke. He is a top bloke. Um, that's it in terms of state-related stuff, Tom. Uh, we've got uh, we've got five minutes or so left. Is there anything else you want to want to discuss while we're here? I think it's a perfect time to promote what you've been doing <laughs> this week. <laughs> I've been so productive. It's not even state-related. But again, everyone loves nostalgia. It's great. So on my Twitter, at Bramard, is the World Cup of Northeast Kerrang, which, as it turns out, from the list that someone posted me of the top played tracks on Kerrang last week, it's just the same. Like, nothing has changed. <laughs> same as it ever was. Um, it's a World Cup. Uh, we made a playlist. I made a playlist. The, the, the playlist was great. I had a long drive from Liverpool to Yorkshire this weekend, and it, I just smacked the playlist on in <laughs> total unashamedness and listened to it after voting for my <laughs> options. There are, some so- there are some songs, I will quite happily say, there are some songs that I will sit and probably still listen to and then you come across some and it's just like oh um, guy like this this <laughs> the the no, i don't the noughties has uh has aged like, yeah i imagine I... I imagine it's how we'll look back on like little mix in 20 years we'll be like oh yeah i remember not being disgusted at this and oh yeah it, it's worse it's I got a lot worse my thing my thing is and I know, I know a lot of people who really love like pop punk, and it definitely has a place um, in that period of time. But like Blink One Eight Two, <laughs> still performing concerts at the in their late forties, uh, nearly in the fifties, yeah. singing about Blow oh when I met stairs. the girl at the rock show. It's like, oh guys, it's really cringeworthy. You yeah. found glory. Oh, my friend's over you. You're not in high school. You've, you've all got Children. houses and kids. <laughs> it's not like, I don't know. Some of it is a little bit, a little bit cringeworthy. Some of it are just downright, downright bangers. Um, some songs that I wanted to win are not winning though. So actually the group stage by the time this goes out, the group stage will be done because it's set to finish at 10pm Sunday. So, But that will mean that the knockout stages start probably straight away. Um, I'll watch the results come in and I might just set it up for 24 hours. I've got it set so it finishes at 10 o'clock as soon as Love Island finishes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's great. Get involved. If you like nostalgia for really weird music not weird it's not even weird it's just like old <laughs> lifestyles of the rich and the famous by good charlotte like that's a bit silly isn't it? it some of the lyrics like again lifestyles of the rich and the famous like oh if money's such a problem they got mansions think we should rob them i get i get behind that sentiment but it, it... equally <laughs> That's Some leading the... anarchist political thought there, really, actually. Well, <laughs> yeah, it but it's, it's 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 political angst from the same position of I won't do what you tell me, Mum. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not that the teenage angst is not a place to bring uh, to found revolution on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but but. Where there is a revolution is in bloody Stoke City's dressing room, and it's going to be great. Um, 
I don't know. I'm I'm a, I'm kind of hopeful for the season. I'm hopeful. It depends on how Lincoln and, and Leicester go. I suppose if we get beaten by those two, people will feel a bit. Oh, why haven't we got more players? And there'll be the same old angry heads on social media. But just we'll ignore social media for a bit and ban it. It'll be fine, I think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm getting. I'm. What like... would it? What would it take in the next two games to worry you? Um, like a, a transfer of a Nigerian centre midfielder to a not Stoke City club, then I'd officially be at like panic stations because I'd be inconsolable. <laughs> um, but, but 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 that won't happen because Stoke don't have any Nigerian midfielders. I don't know who you're talking about. Scouts of Newcastle and Leicester and like West Ham, I guess. There's no one there. <laughs> no. Etty who? No, never heard of him. Sorry. No, no. Get your hands off our Etebo Steve Bruce. <laughs> no, the Newcastle aren't going to buy anyone. What are we on about? Mm-hmm. Um, it, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Maybe we will reconvene all things being well. I don't know. Should we, should we wait until QPR game? Or do we do a prediction before? I don't know. Who knows? We'll just do what we want. Something, yeah. No, don't tell us what to do, Mum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mum. Oh, you can't. You can't. Oh, you, I won't. Hey, In fact, you, actually, while we're on it and, and have two seconds, that, that kind of sentiment is exactly what I feel reflected in Paddy Power's stunt <laughs> with Huddersfield. It was like, oh yeah, I want to go back to football being good, says the multi-million pound betting agency. Yeah, like, oh, just... I, I don't think anyone finds Paddy Power funnier than Paddy Power's own office. office yeah. <laughs> I mean, like they, they find their own jokes so hilarious. They've all been walking in at nine o'clock every morning like the team who've been working on this stupid stunt and all of them have been laughing at each other before they've said anything and you see them across because you're in one of those shared workspace places <laughs> and you see them and you just want to throw shit at them because they're hideous human beings. Oh, come on. Paddy Power definitely have their own floor. Yeah, they do. They do. Probably. But it was just... The floor of banter! <laughs> That's what they have. Oh. Ah, oh, just... Well, that's a depressing note to end on. Oh, well... <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? Should we just finish this yeah, on that just... on that sad note, or have you got anything happy to say? No, I don't know why I saved that for then. <laughs> I know it was very. I feel like that's been bugging you for a while. It has. It's been bubbling away. I, I hope... hate them. Oh, just I hope we never do any. Stu- well, no, we're never going to do any stupid stunts because that would require. <laughs> <laughs> that would require like organisation and planning and not slow-mo vids <laughs> oh god I feel like this is so mean on the, on the media team but I like one slow-mo vid and now we've got like 17 of them it's I'm just I'm disappointed they haven't done a match highlights in slow-mo yet like steer <laughs> into the skids embrace the meme like... <laughs> like that, like that art film that was Zidane's last match that went on for twenty four hours. <laughs> That's yeah, slow mo. Just yeah. Oh, there you go. If if I don't know, Werner Herzog wants to do some art film based on Stoke, 
Why not? <laughs> we've already got the net. We've got the bomb squad Netflix <laughs> thing going. Let's do art house as well. Why not? <laughs> Jeez. Oh well. Let that. That's a that's a nice thing to end it on. Um, Tom, it's been a pleasure as always. I've had a lovely time. Thank you for having me on, and see you when we see you next. Yeah. See you when I'm. 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 Tre- I don't know when we're going to record next. The reason why is because people who know me know me, but um, due date for child number two is like the twenty first of August. So I'm pretty much on like countdown now, thinking like it could be at any Just point. Any time. So, yeah. so realistically, I don't know. I can't. I can't promise that we'll record at the QPR after QPR or whatever. If there's a a, a one-day-old child in my arms. Oh, they could come on the pod. My first, <laughs> my first, first one came was like shouting in the background of the pod in the early episodes. So why not? Some of the more nuanced contributions of the early days, really. To be <laughs> yeah. honest, yes. She she cried when we spoke about Jonathan Walters at one point. <laughs> I remember, I remember that. Bless. <laughs> right. So essentially, we will see you when we see you, and and. It'll be like a surprise. You won't know when you're going to get a podcast, but you'll, you will get one at some point. Who knows? Tom, oh, it's been fun. Everyone else, vote in the World Cup um, and enjoy the rest of pre-season. More importantly, go on Stoke. <laughs>